Welcome back to the Broken Rising podcast. In this episode, we're going to be talking about one of the most difficult temptations to deal with after you've been broken under by a church leader, and that is the temptation to having an attitude of cynicism. Welcome to the Broken Rising podcast. The mission of Broken Rising Ministries is to help those who have been wounded by a church leader find healing, embrace faith once again, and continue on the journey of their calling. Here's your host, Gary Don. Going through a spiritual and emotional wounding at the hands of a church leader creates all sorts of vulnerabilities in us. And it's these vulnerabilities that we need to be completely aware of, which is difficult because we've just been wounded. And in the wounding, it's hard to see sometimes. These vulnerabilities that are created uh, are points that the enemy tries to exploit in us to try to take us off of God's calling, his mission, and the good things that he has for our lives and even our family. When we begin to process our wounding, so right after we have been wounded spiritually and emotionally by a leader or a group of leaders in the church, um, there's that particular moment. And that that moment when it initially happens or that brief season, it's a season where it's, uh, often things uh, tend to uh, happen so quickly. It just, all of a sudden, it's like one moment, things are the way they were, and then it's like a light switch and all of a sudden it is and it's almost shocking to us and to our soul but after that season we begin to process it and as we begin to process it one of the greatest temptations to come in kind of i've noticed kind of like that midway um uh through that season of dealing with it uh and that is cynicism and that's you know that first season, that first few moments uh, or or days, weeks, whatever it is, it comes as a shock that a leader in the church would hurt us. But then after that, we begin to deal with it, and as things be kind of begin to settle in our in our heart, and then we realize what was done, and or even we try to figure out what was done and why it was done to us. One of the temptations that can come to us and it doesn't happen to every single person that's been broken under but it happens to far too many and that is a critical and cynical spirit begins to set in for all sorts of reasons a cynical spirit causes us to see the worst in the church in other christians and even god himself we can even take a cynical view of scripture, a cynical view of God. Um, we can get angry at God. We can blame God. And even though it's understandable, it's still not the journey that we want to go down because it is a million miles away from healing. Having a critical and cynical spirit is a million miles away from a childlike faith in Christ. It will stop your future in Christ dead in its tracks. All right, we cannot have a critical, cynical spirit, uh, especially a, a critical and cynical spirit that is that is very wide. Now, in talking about a critical and cynical spirit, we're not talking about necessarily like an academic or say what I would call like a healthy theological critical spirit. All right, so that is where we, you know, we take a piece of theology that we're dealing with and we kind of, we weigh it up kind of critically on an academic level. I mean, there are pitfalls to that if we take that too far, if we if we take an academic criticism and that replaces a childlike faith in Jesus, that's where, you know, that academic mode can begin to chip away or even replace, you know, that that 
childlike faith in Jesus. We're, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about that critical and cynical spirit that is definitely rooted like in bitterness. And that comes out of being wounded uh, and being being hurt by uh, leaders in the church and, and also a group of leaders in the church. It will stop our future in Christ in its tracks. So how do we fight a cynical spirit uh, after we've been wounded and broken under by a leader that we served in the church? Well, today we're going to talk about a couple of things. Uh, we're going to revisit this uh, this topic again in future episodes, kind of looking at it from, from different angles. Uh, so this one is just kind of like a general one. Again, uh, this um, group of the, this group of podcasts starting, we're kind of starting a new season. It's just a numbering system, but we're kind of where it's where it's uh, to podcast number two hundred one, and and the first the, these group of podcasts, these three or four podcasts, we're going to be dealing with kind of like immediate triage for what happens when you've been broken under, right? So you last week we we talked about what do you do when you're you know kicked out on the stoop of the church. Well, this is triage when what happens is when that critical and cynical spirit begins to set in. What do we do with it and how do we deal with it? So just a couple of points because I, I really want us to get uh, those first steps that we need to take when we're dealing with being broken under by a leader. Because the, the thing that the devil wants is for you to walk away from God, walk away from his, his children, to walk away from brothers and sisters in Christ, walk away from his church that he died for, that he put in place, that he set up, that he gave birth to in the Gospels and the Book of Acts. And we're not called to walk away from that. Um, you know, we might be called to, you know, go to a different corner of the vineyard. That's that happens all the time. Uh, sit under and work with other leaders. That happens all the time. Uh, but we cannot do that with a critical and cynical spirit. So a couple things. The first one is um, how you process the pain of betrayal determines how much of a cynical attitude uh, becomes or will become a temptation toward uh, to you in your life. So how you process the pain of betrayal determines how much a cynical attitude will be a temptation for you. If you process the pain of betrayal by a senior leader or, again, another group of leaders in the church by plugging into other cynical and faithless and critical voices in your life, you will fall into a cynical attitude. The mental and spiritual atmosphere you surround yourself with will affect the trajectory of your journey. It will affect the trajectory of your, of your healing. It will affect the trajectory of your calling the next season in your life. You cannot... Uh, take unto yourself a, a, a critical and cynical spirit, but the atmosphere you find yourself in is going to determine it. We're going to go back to Job chapter 17, verses 1 to 2. And of course, we uh, most must know that, that Job uh, was, uh, the, you know, Job was a, one of those uh, people who, uh, in the Bible, who is synonymous with that suffering for the Lord, uh, who went through these terrible hard times and then uh, came out of it. Uh, with faith in the Lord. And he, one of the things that, that comes out of Job is that he never cursed the Lord, even though he blamed himself, he blamed others, but, you know, he wrestled with, with these real deep issues of what happens when uh, your life falls apart, when things don't go your way. So we turn to Job often when we are struggling, when we are going through persecution, when we're going through all sorts of stuff. We turn to Job because Job is the one who's already wrestled with these things in the Bible. So Job chapter 17, verses 1 and 2 says, My spirit is broken. My days are cut short. The grave awaits me. 
Surely mockers surround me. My eyes must dwell on their hostility. Now, that first line is just kind of the truism of how we feel, right? I mean, most people that have been broken under, who have been betrayed, who have been wounded, they feel like their spirit's broken, all right? That's, I mean, it's this ministry and this podcast's namesake, all right? Broken rising, all right? That we are broken under by a leader that we once served. Um, my days are cut short. It feels like, you know, it can often feel like whether it's our actual physical lives, because sometimes when you're wounded and broken under by a leader, it literally can be uh, like the anxiety and the depression can actually physically affect you. It can be that bad for some. And you just need to know if that's you. The, the Lord is with you. The Lord loves you. He's walking with you through that. He, he wants to come in and heal your body as well as your your anxiety and your depression and your fear. That's all kind of piled up. The Lord is with you if you're dealing with those things, even though it, it certainly feels like he is not or that anybody is. But my days are cut short. That could also mean for like ministry or, you know, a seasonal opportunity is maybe gone and, and we've, we've missed that now and all those things. But the grave awaits me. All right. Again, so there's that physical side of things. But it's that last line that I want us uh, to focus on. Surely mockers surround me. My eyes must dwell on their hostility. Now, it's not that they must. It's just that. They must. That's how it goes. When you surround yourself with um, a critical atmosphere or a critical attitude when it comes to the people that you surround yourself with or even the thoughts, there's a whole other side to this that is the, you know, the uh, the thought battles that we have in our life after we've been broken under because of the death and the discouragement that's been spoken over us. The world has an old saying for it, misery loves company. I mean, that's, that's an old, old saying that's, you know, probably, you know, centuries or millennia old, right? Misery loves company. Um, and, and Job certainly um, echoes this uh, a number of times throughout the book of Job, said in different ways, but I mean, it's essentially the same thing. And this is one of those scriptures, all right, where it says that uh, surely mockers surround me, all right, so he's caught in this atmosphere of these, the friends of Job. Remember, we talked about this last podcast, something that, that most people know, right? They, we know that term, the friends of Job, right? These these, these friends that are absolutely unhelpful and discouraging in the way that they um, that they support. They attempt to support their friends or even some scholars don't even, are they even trying to support their friends or they're just there just because? And it's, it's obviously we don't want to have friends of Job and we shouldn't plug into the friends of Job if we have those friends in our lives. But Job is being honest with his pain. And he's grappling with this loss, this great, and for Job, it was his family and it was his livelihood. It was everything. He was just left literally in the dust to die. His body was falling apart. It was all sorts of stuff. And of course, we know that this was a test of the Lord, which was really a test of the enemy. But at the same time, um, you know, Job is stuck there and he, he vaguely knows that it's a test. All right, depending which chapter you're reading, sometimes you think he knows that this is a test of the Lord, and sometimes he's just totally caught. But he's being really honest with this, with the with the pain and the misery that he's just he's going through, and he's now having to deal with these friends of Job, this atmosphere, and he's sitting there in the dust. He's like literally, he's lost everything. He's sitting there in the dirt, and he's physically sick. He's the the Bible tells us that the, he was he's literally struck with with uh, with with physical ailment. And because he's struck with that physical ailment, he just like his friends come to him and, you know, he's sitting there in bed or whatever it is. I mean, literally could be the dirt in the field, but more than likely he was just in his house on his bed and and just kind of stuck with everything, you know, falling apart around him. And then these friends of Job come, they bring this atmosphere of cynicism. 
they bring this discouragement and this atmosphere of doubt. That is something that we have to be aware that the enemy is going to try to bring to us. You might not literally have the friends of Job knocking on your door every day. Like, you know, these these three or four friends came to, to Job continuously and were, you know, that's why we, we know them, that they're, you know, kind of a, a, a famous scriptural, you know, saying or, or, or story that we know about. Um, his observations are telling. When the faithless atmosphere of his so-called friends... Um, uh, are around him, his spirit picks up their faithlessness and their cynical spirit. You look at, at uh, you know, read through Job, and you will see that in those, every time he had an encounter with, uh, a lot of the times, not every single time, sometimes he would rebut them, but, but, but sometimes he would agree with them, and he would say, yes, you know, my life is worthless. Things are, nothing's going to turn out for good and all those things. And so we have to be aware that if you surround yourself with a cynical, faithless, you know, complaining people um, or atmosphere, uh, you will become like that. All right. And you will be going in the opposite direction of God's healing. And so God doesn't want that for you. So just be careful to know the atmosphere that you're surrounding yourself. If it's a cynical atmosphere, if it's the friends of Job, it's people that are complaining and always negative and faithless, you're going to have that as well. And you're going to deal with that as well. So you have to be careful not to fall into that trap. Get yourself out of a cynical atmosphere. Stay away from cynical people. It doesn't mean that you're ungraceful, you don't love those people, don't care for them. I mean, we all have friends that are, you know, more negative than others, and we still care for them. Sometimes we even spend some time with them, but it's the it's the influence that we want to be care we want to be careful with. We want to make sure that if we do have friends of Job that and of course we we still love them. They could be family, whatever it is, but we got to make sure that that influence, that cynical uh that cynical spirit doesn't influence us in the in the wrong way. Now, the next point to consider when wrestling with a cynical spirit is consider the ways of faith again. Consider the ways of faith again. When struggling with a cynical spirit, you're faced with two choices. Either you find healing or you find skepticism in the ways of the world. And so the journey that we want to be on and the journey that the Lord is calling you on if you've been broken under by uh, by a leader that you served or a, or a group of leaders that you served in the church is obviously that road of healing. And we must be aware of that skepticism that, that the world is going to try to author. The enemy is always going to try to author a skepticism and a cynical and, and uh, a cynical and critical spirit that is going to rob your future. All right, so what do we do? How do we consider faith again uh, when we're struggling with a cynicism that is rising up because of uh, because of this wounding that we've experienced? As we talked about last podcast, but you know, we literally it could be a situation where you've been thrown out on the stoop, or it could be where you're still serving in an active ministry of some kind, either a staff pastor, lay leader, or volunteer in the church of some kind, uh, and you're seeing hypocritical. Leaders, you're seeing hypocritical, hypocritical, um, you know, people in positions of authority inside the church. What do you do with that? All right, do you? How do you walk things out? How do you consider faith when you're seeing all these things? 
Well, one of my favorite, absolute favorite Psalms in the Psalms is, uh, is Psalm 73. Now, Psalm 73 is written by this guy named Asaph, and he was like this priest servant uh, in the temple, and he saw it all. He was like one of those guys that was like, he would be a staff pastor. He would be a key lay leader, or he would, you know, even, you know, at times a volunteer. He was the guy that swept the floor, that moved the chairs. Uh, He would help in some of the ceremonies for sure, no doubt. Um, but he was also, he was, you know, he'd be one of the guys that back in the day would, you know, flip the overhead in, in the, uh, in the sanctuary back in the days when we had, you know, those, those overhead projectors and stuff like that. Like this, he was that kind of guy, right? He was the guy that was just like your all round volunteer guy who was, did a little bit up front, did a lot of outback stuff. He was, he was one of those guys and he saw it all from, uh, from the, the precipice of the temple, right? He saw the rich people being abusive with their power and the wealth that that they gave them right he would look out and see the rich and they would they they would be abusive with with their uh, the power that their wealth gave them he would see the hypocrite who sinned on a friday and then who would repent in the temple and give sacrifices in the temple on, or synagogue on saturday all right he saw the hypocritical religious leaders who served at the temple and then went out and sinned when they were off duty or he saw the hypocritical leader uh you know whether they would be serving in a synagogue or at the temple in Jerusalem which is where Asaph was so he would see more what was happening on at the temple in Jerusalem and he would see them use their religious position their position of authority over the people for their own selfish gain all right and those who have been broken under, we see that as well. And it actually, those things begin to author a cynical spirit. And it was almost enough to turn Asaph into a cynic. All right. And he he tried in vain to keep his heart pure. He wrestled with this and he wrestled with this. And he looked at the hypocrisy and he just couldn't get those examples out of his head. He saw the people, certain people acting like hypocrites and he struggled with it, but he conquered it. And the reason why Asaph conquered it is because he did this one thing. And we read this in Psalm 73, uh, verse 14. So 73, Psalm 73, verse 14. Till I entered the sanctuary of God, then I understood their final destiny. Psalm 73, 14. Till I entered the sanctuary of God, then I understood their final destiny. When Asaph got his heart Uh, and his ear and his soul away from the hypocritical leaders and followers and got his head and heart in the presence of God, then his perspective turned back to faith. You cannot find faith in a critical spirit or a cynical spirit. You just cannot. There is no path from criticism and, and cynicism, again, we talked about not like kind of a healthy academic criticism. We're not talking about that. We're talking about just that critical spirit, that cynicism that sees the lens by which you see the church, other believers in Christ, and even God himself through the cynical lens. All right. There is no path that takes you through that to childlike faith. None whatsoever. And if you've been broken under and hurt and wounded by a leader, there's no path that goes through critic, uh, critical spirit or a cynical spirit that leads to healing. None whatsoever. And that's the key. Getting out of that cynical atmosphere, we talked about last point, and getting God's perspective 
uh, with without overlaying our own experience into what God would show us and say to us to bring us to a point in, uh, of healing. And that's generally what happens, is that we take the truth uh, of God, which is love, peace, joy, salvation, redemption, all right, the regeneration of broken people, and then we overlay on top of that uh, this, this lens or this film that's just dirtied and tainted with our experience of being wounded and broken under. Now, that experience of being wounded and broken under, it's legitimate. It happened to you. It was wrong. It was bad. It, it hurt you, and it wasn't the heart of the Lord. However, it's still a bad lens, and we still need to get into the presence of the Lord. And this is what Asaph did. And he realized, uh, as, you, and as you read the rest of the chapter, you, he comes to this place where he realized that, that the, the fruit, the destiny of those people uh, was going to be one that was apart from the Lord, that they were missing all that God had for them, and that for the places and the, the, the times that they sinned, those hypocritical people would actually have to eventually, someday, eventually, inevitably, stand before the Lord and give account for that. And also when the, that deep sin was, was truly harmful to so many other people, eventually, inevitably, those people would kind of reap the rewards for that. And Asaph had forgot that, that walking in purity with the Lord and and keeping your way pure when others are just kind of going off and living their life, doing whatever they want. When it comes to the church, you may be a, a staff pastor and you see other pastors kind of, you know, get, getting up the rungs of success, the ladder of, of success politically in your kind of corner of the vineyard, whether it's your local church or, a, you know, a denomination or a network or whatever, and they're stepping on other people to get up that ladder of success, and you don't. You refuse to devalue people to get to, uh, say, a, a level of success that you want to, and you see pastors doing this. You maybe see other key leaders doing this or whatever, all right, and you choose to, like Asaph, keep your way pure, and you might say, man, I'm doing this in vain. Mm -mm. The Lord is eventually inevitably be going to bless you and bless your ministry in your future. But if you're struggling with a cynical spirit because of this, man, the Lord just wants to heal you and help you get out of it. And one of the best ways to do that, if not the prime way that the Lord does it, all right, including with his word and, and you know, worship and whether it's devotionally or whether it's in a corporate moment, whether it's in, you know, an experience at the altar or you're just doing a deep dive into the word of God and, and the word of God's just coming alive in you. Get into the presence of God. Get into the sanctuary of the Lord, whether it's literally a church sanctuary or there's the sanctuary of your prayer closet, whatever it is. Push all the other voices out of the way. And I know that takes work and it's hard because when you've been broken under and those those lies and discouraging words have been spoken over you and, and they are literally words of death in your heart, in your mind, they're hard to dig out. They're hard to kind of shut off those voices because they're like on a tape recorder. They're just like, you know, they're on your, they're on your phone in your, in, in, in your earplugs and they're just going, right? And it's, it's like you can't take those earplugs off. Like they're just, they're stuck there or whatever. It's, they keep playing. The enemy wants that to happen, right? The enemy wants you to keep thinking about those those words of lies and those words of destruction. However, uh, the Lord wants you to get into his presence and in his presence, he will help you hear his voice. So consider taking a path of faith once again. 
and you will be on the journey and on your way with wrestling with and having victory over that critical and cynical spirit. So just a few final thoughts uh, before we close out this podcast, and, and that's this. If you're struggling with a cynical edge, you need to know a couple of things. The first one is, as cheesy and as overstated as it sounds, God's affection for you hasn't changed. God's affection for you hasn't changed. Um, a cynical spirit, a critical spirit, always has to defend the next point of criticism. Always has to express the next point of criticism. All right, and in that, you're you're so consumed with that that you never get reconsumed with the love in the heart of Jesus. You never get reconsumed with the love for Jesus and His Word. You never get reconsumed with a love for His presence. You never get reconsumed with, um, you know, with just the sweet things of the Lord. All right, that sweet devotion to Jesus. All right, so but. It's in those moments of sweet devotion to the Lord, whether it's through his word and corporate worship, private worship, all right, in prayer. Um, it's in those moments that uh, you, you continually get reawakened to the affections of the Lord, all right, that, that Sunday School 101 that we always need to be returning to, which is that Jesus loves you. Listen, even the most, even the most well-known, most successful pastor with the largest platform in the world, they need to know that Jesus loves them. In the end, everything we do, the, 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 most, the most powerful ministries with the best production values and the best influence and all those things, it's nothing more than just, just grade two finger painting to the Lord compared to what he can do. And so we need to find ourselves back where we realize the affections of the Lord. And cynicism will steal that. A cynic has no joy in their life. They are continually cynical. They're continually critical. Being in a break and under situation where cynicism has gotten in, uh, that's that will steal that. All right? So we want to be at the place where we just, as cheesy and as overstated it is, as it is, God's affection for you hasn't changed. In fact, that's one of the first stops you need to go to. The second thing is, is that the cynicism that's rooted in your mind, say, against the church, other Christians, other believers, and even God himself, is not unforgivable, all right? It's nowhere near the unforgivable sin, all right? There is, your, your heart might be hardened, uh, but it is not completely solidified, all right? And even then, the redemption of the Lord can, can chip away at that stone heart, you know, as one of the prophets in the Old Testament talked about, and, all right? So that, it is not unconquerable, all right? The cynicism and cynical spirit in you is not unconquerable. It's going to take some work, all right, to return back to the affections of the Lord, but it's all it is is just, it's not unconquerable. It's not unforgivable, but it is blocking your childlike faith, and that childlike faith is where you want to go back to, all right? That's where you, you want to get back to that place of childlike faith. Of course, it's going to look different. It is going to be, you know, the tapestry of your breaking under season is now going to be, it's going to be part of the tapestry of your lives, right? Those threads are going to be woven in, but you can still have that childlike faith again. Um, and it's, sometimes it can seem like it's going to be no less a miracle than, you know, healing for somebody who, who, who is, uh, who's got a disease that they're going to die from, and then you pray for them and they get healed. It might seem to you like that, that work of the heart is going to, is going to be that kind of level miracle. I mean, that's fair to say, but he can still do it. He can still heal, heal your heart. 
All right, so you can't hold a deep cynicism close to your heart and see healing at the same time. All right, you can't have a restoration of a healthy spiritual walk with Jesus and a healthy ministry again when you keep that cynical spirit close to your heart. It's something that has to go. God will join with you in wrestling with your cynicism, but not to a cynical end. All right, he's not going to bring uh, more of a sophisticated, um, you know, edge to it that makes it look as if it's you know more spiritual and more free. No, um, Jesus is looking for a life of restored faith, not just a quieter, more graceful, refined cynicism. No, cynicism just needs to go, and there's no way that you can move on when you hold that cynical spirit. But again, the hope is is that we go back into the sanctuary of the Lord. We get out of cynical atmospheres uh, when it comes to friends and all the rest, and uh, we get ourselves into atmospheres of faith. And you will find that your heart will begin to turn towards the Lord. Okay, so that's the end of this pod- podcast. I want to thank you for tuning into the podcast. I want to encourage you to you know, hit, go to all our different channels on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. You know, Smash those like buttons and uh, those subscribe buttons and just get plugged in. I also want to encourage you to go to brokenrising.com and all these free resources, the podcast, the blog, uh, both on you know the video-driven stuff and the audio-driven stuff. It's all there. And uh, just want to encourage you to go do that. Let other people know about this ministry, especially those that are struggling uh, with uh, being uh, being wounded spiritually and emotion, emotionally by a church leader, a senior church leader, or and or uh, other leaders in the church who are just struggling with that. This ministry is all about them getting healing and rising above in the Lord to a new season of healing from that wounding they've received and then restored back into ministry uh, where the Lord has called them. All right, so keep rising above in the Lord and we'll see you next episode on the Broken Rising Podcast. Thanks for tuning in to the podcast. For more podcasts and resources, please visit brokenrising.com and connect with our pages on Facebook and Instagram. This podcast is copyright Broken Rising Ministries.